Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, your Penn State podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today is Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, a contributor to athlonsports.com. And no, there's still no Penn State or Big Ten football for this upcoming season. But we are going to take a look at some of the latest news and headlines regarding that particular topic. We're also going to share a conversation I had with Andrew Wade, our host of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, covering all things Iowa Hawkeyes. We touched on a number of topics regarding the Big Ten's decision to postpone the upcoming football season and take a look at what's going to happen next for the Big Ten as a whole, Penn State and Iowa in particular, and what this means moving forward. So a lot of fun conversation to be had in today's episode. Thank you for sitting back. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to this particular episode. And then after the episode, don't forget to leave a rating and review. Let us know what you think about today's show. We also hope that you decide to socially engage with us on all of our social media platforms. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. It's now been a week since the Big Ten has decided to postpone the upcoming fall football season in addition to other fall sports as well with the idea of potentially playing football in the spring. And we are still here searching for answers. We're still here hoping for clarity from the Big Ten leaders, not just Commissioner Kevin Warren, but also the presidents and the athletic directors. And nobody seems to have a straight answer on how this decision particularly went down. Among those is Penn State Athletics Director Sandy Barber, who had a Zoom call on Monday to kind of uh, update the situation and share some latest perspective. And one of the most notable things that came out of her Zoom call was the fact that she wasn't particularly sure how the decision was made. She was asked about whether or not Penn State had voted to cancel the upcoming fall season or postpone the fall football season. And she came back and said that she wasn't even sure there was a vote. And if she if there was a vote, she wasn't sure how Penn State officially voted. Now, obviously, there have been rumblings about whether or not Penn State would be one of the schools that would entertain the possibility of maybe playing football anyway this fall. That, of course, seems to have passed, but it was fun to talk about for a couple of days. But the fact that Sandy Barber, an athletics director at Penn State, doesn't have a clear answer and explanation for how the decision was voted upon or made by the Big Ten and the presidents and the chancellors, that speaks volumes to me. And this is not a knock on Sandy Barber for not knowing the information. I'm just saying that this further illustrates the fact that this decision was made and nobody knows how to explain it. And that is a big problem. And that's why we're seeing players come out and put together their own petitions to potentially uh, demand answers and potentially play this upcoming season. Justin Fields, Ohio State's quarterback, led the charge with a petition that continues to be getting signatures online, uh, hoping that the Big Ten will allow these teams to or the, allow these schools and allow these players to make the decision on whether or not they want to play. Uh, I think as of the time I'm recording this, that petition, which went live, I guess, over the weekend, is already up to 200,000 signatures. And that's not an insignificant number because it's not just from Ohio State players and Ohio State fans that are signing this. This is coming from around the Big Ten. And I think that that's just a further driving home the point that 
uh, the decision was made and people are not happy about it. Now, obviously, we know we've talked about this before. Uh, players and coaches, specifically at Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan, and as we'll talk about later on in this podcast, Iowa and even Nebraska, these are schools that have been somewhat vocal about the desire to play football this upcoming fall, or at least giving it a chance to play football this fall. And I, I don't think that any of the letters from the parents and the, the vocal statements from coaches and the players themselves is going to change anything that has already been made. I think the decision was made. Whether or not it's been as wishy-washy as it has been, that's uh, another conversation. But the decision was made. And I don't think that the Big Ten is going to overturn that decision. That doesn't mean that they don't have some answers to give. And I think it's very fair with all these questions that are being asked from the parents, from the players, from the coaches, heck, even the athletic directors. They need to have some answers. And a week is going by now, and Kevin Warren is really on a hot seat uh, as far as addressing how this decision went down. Because he didn't necessarily convey the strongest uh, uh, verbal leadership when the decision was initially made when he went on Big Ten Network. And again, we'll talk about that later in this podcast with Andrew Wade. But the fact that uh, we've gone a week now and the athletic director at Penn State doesn't even know if there was a vote, that is puzzling. And, and that's embarrassing for the Big Ten, not for Sandy Barber and Penn State, but it's embarrassing for the Big Ten to allow that situation to happen. So uh, I think Sandy Barber wants answers. I think James Franklin is going to want some answers. And I think James Franklin actually has a Zoom call scheduled for today. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> we could be hearing some interesting quotes coming out from the head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions. But I did mention that there is some movement moving forward for a college football season, and that is coming in the form of the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC. Unfortunately, as of the time I'm recording this podcast, some breaking news out of the ACC where the University of North Carolina is going to remote classes. They've brought students back on campus in Chapel Hill a week ago, and today in light of an uptick in COVID-19 cases on the campus, they have announced that they are going remote for their fall semester. That is crazy. They bring students back for a week and they can't even handle it. And now they're going remote. Now, what does this mean for UNC football? What does this mean for the ACC? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answer to that. I would say that, or I would suggest that it doesn't look very promising. But as of now, unless anything has changed in the 12 hours it takes for this podcast to actually go live, this is not going to necessarily impact what's going to happen with UNC football and necessarily the ACC. But it doesn't look good. And I would highly advise you, check out the brand new Locked on Tar Heels podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, hosted by Candace Cooper. I'm sure she's going to do an amazing job uh, keeping track of all of these developments. And she sure picked a heck of a week to get started with that podcast. I wish Candace all the best of luck. Uh, I will also say that on Monday, the SEC released its schedule for the 2020 season. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the ACC the SEC will still kind of wait to see what happens there. But right now, the SEC's got a schedule. The Big 12's got a schedule. The ACC's got a schedule. They're still moving forward. Meanwhile, the Big 10 is going to search for an explanation for why they're not. I'm just guessing you haven't put on quite as many miles on your car this summer, but if you're looking to hit the road one last time before getting into the swing of things for the fall, make sure you go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts available for your car or truck. 
All you have to do is go to rockauto.com, you enter the make and model of your car right in their little box at the top of the window there, and it's going to bring you up the full catalog of everything they have available for you. Whether you're just looking for seat covers or wipers, maybe you need a new headlight or a turn signal. Hey, if you need an air freshener, they probably have that as well. And they're going to give you the best prices available, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. That's the great thing about rockauto.com because they're going to treat everybody like family. And the reason for that is because they are a family business. They've been doing this for a long time, guys, and they know what it takes to make a satisfied customer with an online experience like no other. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, find all the parts available for your car or truck, and they're going to deliver it to you with contactless delivery. How great is that? So once again, go to rockauto.com, find all the parts available for your car or truck, and don't forget to write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com With no Big Ten football this fall, a lot of the hosts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network are coming together and kind of sharing our own reactions. And I've had a little bit of time now for the dust to settle before I started reaching out to some of our fellow hosts across the network. And today we're going to be talking to Andrew Wade. We recorded this conversation Monday afternoon, and it's going to be appearing on both of our podcasts. So you're going to hear it right here on Locked On Nittany Lines today. It's going to be going live on Locked On Hot Guys, I believe, on Wednesday. But the conversation all boils down to the fact that Iowa and Penn State are both in pretty similar positions of wanting to have played football this year and making it known that they wanted to play and now having to deal with the impact of the fact that there will be no college football season. So I reached out to Andrew Wade and he was more than happy to work with me and put together this conversation that we're sharing on both of our podcasts today. And I highly advise you to check out Andrew's work with Locked On Hawkeyes because he does a fantastic job covering all things Iowa. If you ever want to get a perspective on what's going on with the Hawkeyes, highly advise you to go check out Locked on Hawkeyes. So the remainder of today's episode will be our conversation that I had with Andrew Wade of Locked on Hawkeyes. So I hope you enjoy it. And again, at the end of the episode, make sure you leave a rating and review. Let us know what you think about our conversation. If you have anything you want to chime in, always reach out to us on our Twitter account at Locked on Nitty. All right, so Kevin, um, obviously we've, we've talked before. It's been an interesting time the last couple of months with everything that's going on with college football, with everything that's going on with coronavirus. Um, and I think both of our programs have had some tumultuous things happen in the last couple of years as well. Just overall, you and I have had a very interesting job. So I wanted to first get your, your thoughts on what is happening right now in the Big Tens, first with them deciding to postpone fall sports to the spring. So um, how did you react to that? What were your thoughts on that? I saw it more as just kind of uh, as as the phrase has been thrown around a lot, you know, kicking the can down the road a little bit. And I think that that's uh, I, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad way to go about this because things are evolving. Things are changing so quickly and it's tough to keep up with everything that's been going on. And if you feel like you're not ready to cancel everything entirely, why not have an alternative backup plan to at least explore? And maybe you can plan to have that put together and hopefully it works out. Uh, I'm not so confident that it will, but I'm willing to allow that option to still be on the table. So I'm glad that there's at least some idea of what they want to do with the Big Ten, but I wish there was more concrete information on how they're planning on doing it. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think for me, what was frustrating was the fact that they didn't really give a lot of answers to why they decided to postpone. I I felt like like medical reasons, great, I understand that, and 100%, I I want the best for the players and what is right for the players. But I also wish they would have maybe given a bit more information. And we're seeing that kind of come back on Kevin Warren now because 
in his po- like in his press conference after they made the decision to, as you say, kind of kick the can down the road and wait till spring, he didn't really answer any questions. There, I mean, he basically left a lot of very open-ended answers of what was happening. And I feel like the other piece that really frustrated me was the fact that they released the schedule and then a week later they postponed. They had the last five months to try to figure out what could work. And we've seen other sports leagues do this successfully. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you feel like – I mean, because college football is an interesting position, right? We have, we have kids or, you know, young adults who have to go to school. A bubble aspect doesn't really work for college sports per se. But do you feel like there's anything that could have been done to make this safe? And what are your thoughts on, like, the other conferences as well deciding to move forward with this, with, with the season? Yeah, I'm not so sure – exactly how you're supposed to go about this with the whole idea of a bubble. I get, you can probably contain a football program pretty well, especially before other students start coming back on campus. And even then when the, uh, the other student population does start coming on campus, I think there's probably ways you can go about it, although it's going to be more difficult, but at least it's a, it's a possibility. And we have seen some pretty good results for the most part around these different college football programs, the schools that have been reporting the numbers at least, you know, not every school is being 100% clean of this virus, but it seems as though things were working for a lot of schools. So there was some sign of encouragement there. Outside of Rutgers. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were exceptions. And some schools have handled it better than others. Some schools, you know, basically, you know, you, know, you look around the different regions. Every region's hit differently right now. Every region has been, you know, handling things a little bit differently. And that doesn't, uh, that does kind of go hand in hand with what we're seeing with some of the schools too. But you know, at least from the schools that have been reporting the information, and a lot of schools in the Big Ten, Iowa and Penn State certainly have been among those schools that have been very forthcoming with the, the data. And I like seeing that. That's, I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, we haven't seen that from some other conferences, you know, especially if you look at the SEC. I don't think any of those schools have been reporting any of their numbers. That doesn't mean that they're not handling it well. Uh, but we don't know that for sure. The way not a lot of transparency, which no, actually makes it almost has not more difficult to judge what their decision is if you don't know what's yeah. actually happening. Yeah, and of course now we're recording this. The SEC has just released their schedule, their updated schedule for the 2020 season. Again, we'll see if that season actually happens. But you know, the SEC could very well be following in the footsteps of the Big Ten with. Uh, every passing day, you know, could get closer and closer to a similar decision. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Big Ten was more right in how they handled the decision. You know, ultimately, you got to do what's best for the interest of your player safety and everybody associated with the programs uh, on those universities. But, um, you know, if the SEC comes to that decision, you know, we'll see. Uh, same thing with the ACC and the Big 12. So I don't necessarily fault those three conferences for trying to move forward and you know, try to put together their seasons. Um, I'm not holding anything against them for that. I think, you know, if they feel like it's uh, something that they're – conference and their membership can handle I say go for it and you know I would have liked to have seen the Big Ten do that but I'm also not necessarily outraged at what the Big Ten eventually decided to do yeah I think for me what I find interesting about the Big Ten is the um, the big divide I think between the programs and the fact that you have all these programs and you know the Big Ten has prized themselves on being probably one of the best academic conferences say for maybe the Pac-12 if you but really, that's kind of you're kind of looking at like the Stanford's and the USC's really in that that arena. But the Big Ten prides itself on being one of the more academically advanced conferences, and for them to make this decision, I you know I, I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Especially when you look at the divide among the teams. Um, you know, you have a school like Northwestern that you know they are. It seems like they are clearly on the the 
the one side of let's not play football. And then you have Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan even has kind of jumped into the, the mix that want to play football this year. You have Minnesota who doesn't. Do you feel like there is a bigger divide in the Big Ten than there are the other conferences? It feels like the other conferences have a bit more unity when it comes to their decisions that they're kind of making going forward. Certainly with this particular instance, I think absolutely. And you got to keep in mind, this is a the Big Ten Conference spans from New Jersey to Nebraska. So that goes back to what I was saying. Like every region's sort of dealing with, uh, you know, obviously the, the big general issue is the same, but there's different degrees of it, I think, from state to state. And when you've got a conference that goes from the, the East Coast down to uh, the middle of the cornfields of Nebraska, yeah. uh, that's, there's a lot of territory. Now, if you look at the, the ACC, the ACC stretched out along the coast, but the SEC is basically in the same uh, core region. Big 12 pretty much uh, you know, kind of the same category, too. Uh, so yeah, I can understand why you're going to have so many different opinions. Uh, this certainly has been a, a dividing point, I think, for a lot of members uh, within the Big Ten, and certainly we've seen players coming out and you know, coaches speaking out. We've seen the parents coming together. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of questions that I think need to be addressed. And I think uh, it's fair to have a lot of criticism and demands for some of those answers. Yeah, is it? Do you feel like it's shocking that Kevin Warren hasn't addressed anything that's happened? I mean, because over this weekend, I mean, there has been quite a bunch of developments among Big Ten players and parents. I mean, uh, we talked about. The, the schools that want to play Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, and now Michigan parents have gotten into the fold and they are demanding answers. They are coming together. They are pissed off. And then you see Justin Fields puts out a petition and he just gets an, an insane amount of signings from that. And it, obviously he wants to play. And I think it's great to, to see that leadership from him, not wanting to leave Ohio State and wanting to bring football to the Big Ten in the fall and whatnot. But um, do you think, is it shocking to you that Kevin Warren hasn't addressed these issues yet? A little bit, yeah. And I think uh, his initial media opportunity when he went on Big Ten Network the day that this uh, decision was made didn't leave a whole lot of confidence because he didn't have some of those answers that I think a lot of people were expecting. When you make a decision this drastic, yep. um, you're going to need some more information to supply to everybody that's going to have questions that they ask. So uh, we've gone, what, a week now, at least now, yeah. a week and counting. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's time to get Kevin Warren back in front of the media and you know, addressing people through a Zoom conference call, whatever the case may be, and certainly addressing some of the concerns that the players have, the coaches have, and you know, reaching out to the parents where needed. I think it would be a very wise move for Kevin Warren, and you know, it's kind of the kind of the uh, the biggest test that Kevin Warren has had since taking over Jim Delaney. I don't know if Jim Delaney would be handling it quite the same way, maybe the same decision, but I think he yeah. would be a little bit more confident in how it's been executed. So is Pennsylvania are – you, are you live in Pennsylvania? I do, yep. Okay. So are they playing high school football this year? Uh, as of right now, the yeah. plan is still to have high school football. It's a little bit of a political uh, back and forth right now between the governor's office and the, uh, the high school athletic association in the state. Uh, just in the last week, um, the governor's put out a, a request or you know, a recommendation not to have fall sports this year but he hasn't officially slammed the door shut on. So it's still kind of up in the air. As of right now, there will be high school football, but you know, we'll see what tomorrow may bring. It feels like one of those situations where, please, I'm telling you, please shut down fall football or fall sports. Otherwise, I'm going to have to and look like a jerk, but please just do it before right. I have to do that kind of thing. Yeah, we're, you know, we're still in the situation. Maybe you guys are as well in Iowa, but you know, a lot of schools are still trying to figure out what they're going to do with uh, remote learning, on-campus learning, or uh, on-site learning. 
uh, and you know, school's going to start very soon here in Pennsylvania. So uh, again, decisions have to be made one way or the other, and you got to figure out a way to back it up, whatever that decision is going to be. Yeah, I mean, so Iowa's proceeding forward with football, and I think Iowa's in even a more interesting position with football because they have had a ridiculous amount of people transfer from across the country to play high school football in Iowa this year. Um, they had multiple people from like multiple three, four star recruits from Colorado transfer to a few big high schools in Iowa, which means they had to literally move their lives from Colorado to Iowa. Their, one of their parents had to move with them. I mean, um, that would be pretty crazy for Iowa to not go forward to football, but also Iowa was the only state to have any, any sports in the summer. They had baseball and softball and actually did it uh, shockingly well. Um, I wasn't expecting that kind of result. So I, I do think it's interesting that, you know, we're looking at high school football as possibly playing in a lot of these Midwestern states, and yet we don't have college football. Um, what would your thoughts be if, the, if Penn State decided to leave the Big Ten for a year or wanted to um, move over and kind of be an independent for a season? What are your thoughts on that? See, I would have embraced that idea. And I'm a little surprised um, you know, when the Big Ten decided no, no conference football this year. I was a little disappointed that they didn't put out the statement that says that if you want to go schedule some games and you can schedule some games, you know, they're not going to hold you back. We've seen that a little bit at the FCS level. And I was kind of hoping that that would be the opportunity for some Big Ten teams to continue playing football. If, again, if they felt like they could handle it comfortably. And I feel like I think Penn State would have been one that would entertain that possibility because yeah. they, they were probably going to have a pretty good team this year. And they could have, they could have found some games I think they could have scheduled. Um, you know, there could have been some good scheduling opportunities. I got a chance to write a little bit about that recently. So I've had some fun with thinking about yeah. how Penn State would have put together the schedule. And you know what? They still could have played some Big Ten teams. Um, you know, if Iowa was going to play football one way or the other, Nebraska was going to play, Ohio State and Michigan, I mean, those schools could all still play each other. So they could put together at least a portion of a schedule and then find a couple potential other non-conference opportunities if they were out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm on my phone writing that down as an idea because I think that would be a lot of fun for me to just kind of spitball what Iowa's schedule could look like if they decided to you know, play the independent schedule. Um, so kind of wondering for you, you're looking at the, you know, Nebraska, for example, is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten that are still wanting to play this season. Um, Penn State, one of the better teams. What are your thoughts? Do you feel like it'd be easier for Nebraska to fill out a schedule, a non-conference schedule, or Penn State? Because you kind of run the risk of, you play a Penn State and you have the chance of losing, whereas Nebraska, you you have a better chance of winning. So actually, who do you think would be, have an easier time schedule? Because I was kind of right in the middle of this. Right. So who do you think would have an easier time actually filling out a schedule with some of these SEC, Big 12, and ACC teams? I think Penn State would have had some good opportunities. I, um, one of the schools that I think would have been an automatic scheduling boost would have been uh, Pitt because yeah. the ACC is allowing schools in their conference to play a non-conference game as long as that non-conference opponent's in the same state. So a Penn State pit game, that would have been fun. Uh, you know, Temple's going to have some games that they're going to have to make up, I'm sure. So, uh, you know, you got two games right there. And again, you could still play some of those Big Ten teams. Penn State could play Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State for sure. Um, you know, a Penn State-Ohio State game this year was already going to be one of the, the marquee matchups. So why not keep that game on the calendar? And again, those, those games are already scheduled. So you could keep those same dates and you just work yeah. around it where you need it. So I think Penn State would have had uh, some interesting scheduling opportunities. Although, you know, I would be very curious to have seen a Nebraska schedule with a bunch of Big 12 opponents uh, just for old time's sake. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to see Nebraska go somewhere and either do really well 
in a different conference. That would, I feel like, would spark a lot of controversy as to um, why. You know, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, what they do in the Big Ten. It'd also be very interesting if they go to another conference and also are terrible there. Um, I'd be very mm-hmm. interested to hear what Nebraska fans have to say at that point. Um, Iowa would actually, I don't think about it, their schedule wouldn't really change a ton. They could play Iowa State. They would get Nebraska. Mm-hmm. The only teams that you would really kind of miss them not playing is Wisconsin and, you know, Minnesota technically, but I honestly don't like playing Minnesota. Um, I don't – they're a rivalry. <laughs> but it's not a huge – like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, those were all teams that were – going to be on Iowa's schedule this year anyway, so That's right. it wouldn't have made that much of a difference, although I think their win-loss record could have been a little bit worse. Um, well, you know, I just kind of throw the win-loss record out this year, you know, put an yeah. asterisk next to it, whatever, you know, whatever games you get a chance to play. And, again, who knows what's going to happen with the bowl season. So, I mean, that, that may ultimately not mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, it's, it's disappointing. Let me ask you this real quick, though, because, you know, this idea – of playing in the spring. Let me go back to that. Do you think we will actually see spring football, you know, for, certainly for the Big Ten, but in other conferences that aren't playing this fall? That's a good question. I mean, I think you almost have to. Like, Iowa just put out a statement that they're going to lose around 60 or $100 million this year, and they'll be at a budget deficit of 65 to $80 million. If they have a way to get football or a product on the field and potentially get fans in those stadiums, um, that's only going to be – help more helpful for those teams um, especially those smaller schools they need to be able to play football and if we have big schools that could schedule with them that could be huge for those teams um, the only thing I will say is it is concerning to me having two football seasons in one mm-hmm. also having the NFL draft backing up right to the, the spring football season but I don't know if you got a chance to look at Jeff Brom's um, his proposal I actually yeah. thought it was pretty good I mean if you look at it it's only technically five games more in a calendar year than what a school that went to the NCAA or the, you know, the college bowl or college playoff national championship would have played Uh, 20 games, technically spring and fall five games more. So it really wasn't that bad. All things considered to be able to play a spring season. Maybe things will be a little bit more calmed down. Maybe I guess America will just give up on trying to care about coronavirus. Who knows what's going to happen. Right. (laughs) But um, I do think it's possible I think you kind of have to, though, too. Penn State, you know, they have some really good first, you know, possible first-round prospects. I was in a weird position where they don't have a lot of elite prospects like they did last year. Um, they have a lot of guys who are potential day two. They could rise day one if they have a great season, but they're not in that realm yet. So they really need some more tape to be able to move that up. So I think it's really beneficial to some of those guys and probably some of the the lower-end NFL draft prospects on Penn State's roster. They, For the sake of those kids, I hope they get an opportunity to play spring football because they need some more tape is there any talk about any Iowa players potentially transferring in the next couple of weeks just so they can play at a school that is hoping to play this fall um I haven't heard of any players rumored to transfer yet um I was actually listening to another podcast today and they mentioned the fact that a lot of rosters are pretty full so mm-hmm. it'd be very difficult for them to transfer anyways and they've probably already enrolled in the school paid tuition or yeah. so it's becoming significantly more difficult to get the heck out of school and go somewhere else at this point um yeah I, I haven't heard anybody rumored to leave what about Penn State yeah the same situation I just bring it up because I feel like that was one of the first criticisms that people had of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that all these players were going to leave and play somewhere else I was like I don't know if that's really a realistic yeah. scenario in play and you know maybe somebody transfers but I don't think you're going to see a mass exodus, certainly from schools like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have to offer. Uh, that's yeah. just not going to happen. 
I, well, I feel like the, and it, the Big Ten really hurt those players. I, I, my, my thing is, like, I care the most about what the players – like, the budgets and all that stuff, great. I mean, it, it sucks for the schools. They're going to be losing so much money. It really sucks for the smaller school programs who rely on those games against big school programs to really fund the rest of their athletic pro- – like, the thing I care about the most is the players and what they're – like, I care about their health, and I care about their abilities to – especially on the football side, their possibility of getting to the NFL. And so – me the way the Big Ten handled it really screwed those players pretty poorly if they there's a couple of guys again on Iowa who could have benefited from playing another season and having that opportunity to train for the draft as well and they might not get a season and they might not have the opportunity to really train for the draft and to make that decision a week ago doesn't give them the chance to transfer I mean I would have support I don't know what about you but if a player decided to transfer for a senior season so we can get more tape I would have wholeheartedly supported that I, whatever is best for the player. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've always been of the mindset of do whatever's best for the student athlete, you know, whatever puts them in the best position that they feel comfortable in or can thrive in. I'm never going to hold any student away from that opportunity. So especially for a senior who is looking for one last season to play, you know, if you're not going to get in the big 10, you know, spring or not, uh, you know, go out and find that opportunity elsewhere. I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Do you feel like at this point, given the backlash from the parents and the players, given that the Big 12 actually produced a schedule that starts in the end of September, do you think there's any hope at this point that the Big 10 plays a single game of football in the fall? No, I I really don't. Um, Again, I'm not going to say anything against uh, voicing those complaints because I definitely get that. I just don't think that if you're going to go out and voice those concerns, don't expect that the Big Ten is ultimately going to say, oh, you know what, you're right, let's play some football. I, I, I think that decision's been made. It's going to be spring now or bust, and I still think it's going to be bust. I, personally, I think it's going to be next fall until we see Big Ten again. But I, I think uh, any possibility that the Big Ten plays football this year, I, I think is behind us right now. Um, I, I would leave the door open slightly for the Big Ten allowing the school to pursue playing football somehow. Although, again, we're getting very close to a point where that's not going to be possible because yep. schedules are already going to be situated. You know, any vacancies that were out there are filling up. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a possibility unless a couple Big Ten schools or, you know, four or five Big Ten schools decide that they're going to play and just play each other. Maybe that's an option. But I, I think I, I think it's going to be time to move on and just focus on potentially playing in the spring, very hopefully playing in the fall next year. I completely agree. What I feel like has been happening is this slow burn or the slow letdown where it's like our, our, our idea of whether we're going to play keeps going down. Right. And then mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, Hey, we're actually can't, I mean, they, they release a, a shorter schedule. They put some, you know, timeframes in to kind of move things back. I'm like, all right, we're just slowly making the step towards canceling football in the fall. They cancel football in the fall. Everyone gets pissed off and they say, the parents start doing this. Now we have a little bit of hope, but it's like, let's just, the little bit of hope is kind of taking away some of the anger of what happened until that also gets squashed. I feel like it's this very interesting um, mental mind game um, we're being played with, not intentionally, but it definitely feels like that. We're eventually, we're just going to lose hope with the fact there's no fall football. And we're going to realize that's just not happening this year. Look, if it does great, I'll be there for it. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I think I'm going to have to find my football fix elsewhere. Uh, so I might have to adopt an ACC team or something like that, uh, assuming that the ACC continues on. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I might just be you know, a casual fan this year, and I'll be okay with that. You know, I'll get through it. You know, I'll still have something to watch, hopefully. Um, maybe the NFL will be a little bit more interesting this year. Who knows what's going to happen, but 
You know, it's, it's a depressing kind of time right now. It's an unfortunate reality that we're all working through right now. And again, I, I've always said there are no easy answers here. There's no simple solution. There's no, no more right answer than uh, the other right now. Uh, I think every situation or every scenario you kind of drum up right now is going to suck. <laughs> Bottom line. Uh, you know, I think we're just going to have to take our lumps and uh, hopefully we all get through it. Yeah. So want to get your thoughts too. What, how do you feel like this impacts recruiting? Do you feel like it impacts recruiting at all? Um, a little bit? I mean, cause if, if the ACC and the big, you know, big 12 and SEC can play games, um, they probably can't have recruits on campus to watch those games like you typically would. So that kind of takes away that aspect of the positivity for those conferences of having an advantage. Um, how do you feel like it impacts recruiting to not have fall football if other conferences go forward? Yeah, well, I think Ohio State's dominance in the recruiting rankings is finally going to be correct, right? <laughs> no, no, I, I think everyone um, can hope. Yeah, I think you know some schools are going to fare better than others as far as recruiting is concerned because Ohio State's always going to recruit. You know, we'll we'll see if Penn State can keep the momentum that they have established up. Uh, this is going to hurt some programs harder than others because you know some programs are going to not be on the same kind of level that uh, they will continue to be on when we get through this. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, this certainly changes the recruiting aspect. You know, the recruiting calendar, I'm curious if that's going to change at all. Not being able to have uh, recruits come on campus for a game, that hurts. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a, a long dry spell as far as recruiting is concerned. I, I think uh, when football does return to the Big Ten, I think you know, programs will be able to pick it up a little bit more. I'd be very curious what's going to happen with the group of five, though. I'm wondering if this may, you know, conferences that are playing, I wonder if this will help them you know, attract a couple of recruits that maybe they would have missed out on. Yeah. I wonder if um, recruiting will almost be more locally focused where you typically see, you know, in-state recruits, they will more often than not go to the in-state school, not, not necessarily Texas and Florida and like the hotbeds, but um, Iowa players are usually going to be picking between Iowa and Iowa state. Um, is that similar in Pennsylvania as well, where a majority of those guys are going to go to Penn state or Pitt? You would think so. Uh, some years it's probably more like that than others, but Ohio State also usually does pretty well in the state. You know, Michigan's come in a little bit. You know, really since Penn State joined the, the, the Big Ten, um, you know, Ohio State and Michigan have started to get a few more recruits. Notre Dame does well in the state too. So it's not always dominated by Penn State and Pitt, but uh, you'll get a good number of those top 25 kids, top 10 kids. They're going to choose between Penn State and Pitt often enough. Um, yeah. you know, again, some years are going to be better than others. So I will be curious uh, if this helps Pitt at all as getting some of those uh, in-state recruits that maybe won't be able to check out Penn State while yeah. Pitt is potentially playing games. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing I think about too is the fact that if you have a player that's in the state of Iowa and they're getting recruited by a Texas or an Alabama or a Florida and Iowa, it's a little bit more difficult to visit Texas, Alabama, and Florida now than it would be before. So maybe – it help. I mean, maybe it does help the Midwest in recruiting. I know Iowa is putting together probably their best group of college prospects ever from a football standpoint. So maybe that's helpful for them. Um, but you're absolutely right. The Midwest, the Big Ten, especially some of the blue blood blue blood programs have a footprint across the Midwest, regardless, and they can kind of get around there. And it's honestly not that hard to travel between states too if you want to go check out the campus for a you know unofficial visit, not necessarily meet the coaches and stuff. So yeah, it's something I was just thinking about. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to reach out to one of the guys that actually covers Penn State recruiting, and I'm going to ask him some very similar questions to that because I know he's going to have some input, so I will be happy to relay whatever I find out from him when yeah. I've got some more info on that. 
I think that'd be awesome to honestly just include on the show anyways. I, I think Iowa fans would love to hear that as well. It's um, something I haven't really thought about how this, how this impacts all the schools in recruiting. I and mean, it probably, like, for example, Rutgers probably gets hurt. I don't know. Rutgers could get hurt by it. Rutgers could actually be helped by it because not a lot of schools are going to be, you know, there's a big hotbed in New Jersey and New York and stuff like that with football as well. So maybe they can. Well, you know what? It's interesting you say that because one of the stories this off season was, you know, Greg Schiano's back at Rutgers. Uh, so there's a little bit in, of enthusiasm within the program, at least within the state of New Jersey. And while this all, while this stuff has been going on, you know, Rutgers has been able to put together some decent recruits for their upcoming recruiting classes. And, you know, there's probably a mixture of Greg Schiano's back and people are thinking about Rutgers a little bit differently right now as he's trying to re-energize that program, get to where he previously had it in the Big East. And the fact that some of these recruits haven't been able to go and visit spring football games at Penn State, Ohio State, some other schools, uh, you know, that has helped Rutgers a little bit. Now, is that going to be a, something that's permanent? I don't know. I, I think it's always going to be a small burst just because you got a new head coach that people are excited about within the program. And, but, and I think uh, one, once Penn State and Ohio State, they're getting back into the spring routines, they'll certainly regain some of that momentum that they're typically accustomed to having. Definitely, man. I, yeah, couldn't agree more. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out long-term for these conferences. So um, you talked about Penn State having a good year. Where would you have predicted them kind of finishing within the Big Ten this year? I thought they were a 10-win team. I, I really felt like uh, you know, 10 wins was almost the, uh, the minimum. I, I could see them winning 11 games. I don't think they would have won 11 games. I think uh, the Ohio State game, even though it was going to be at Penn State, that's been a problem. And I think Ohio State was going to be really good this year. So I had that one marked down as a loss. And then I look at the, the Penn State road schedule that they had. Uh, they were going to have to make road games to Michigan and Nebraska later in the season. I thought it would actually be a tricky game for them just based on where it was on the schedule. And a road game to Indiana, I think they could have lost any one of those three games. Yeah. And that's why I feel like, you know, Penn State was going to be really good. Uh, they probably lose at Michigan because Michigan and Ann Arbor has been a house of horrors for Penn State over the years. Uh, but, you know, I feel like they would have been capable of winning a 10 games. Uh, of course, that would have included a win over Iowa. But I really did feel like they were putting together something really good this year. Uh, could have very easily – not very easily, but – it could have very well been in the conversation to give Ohio State a run for the Big Ten East. And if you can get that game against Ohio State, put it, I would think that would have put Penn State in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Iowa, I feel like, had a pretty tough schedule. You, you alluded to yeah. the Penn State game. Um, they had to go to Ohio State. Uh, they had a pretty rough stretch back-to-back-to-back um, back back with a couple of games. I mean, it was – it was not. Iowa a, had a brutal schedule. It was not pretty for them breaking in a brand-new quarterback. I mean, it just wasn't. Uh, and, and you know what? The Big Ten West would have been pretty tough, too. You know, yeah. Wisconsin was always going to be Wisconsin. Minnesota's been on the upswing. You know, and I feel like there are some programs in that division that uh, took some steps forward last year. Illinois. And you know, certainly were due for a little bit of a bounce back this year. Like Purdue and Northwestern, I think they would have been better this season. Yeah, Purdue. And, and Illinois took some steps forward last year, too. Yeah, Purdue's a scary team. I actually hate playing Purdue because they're never great but they're always just there. They're always hanging around. They're always dangerous. Yeah. And they have <laughs> – Especially if you have to go there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll, I'm, I'm kind of – in retrospect, that schedule was pretty rough. When the Big Ten came out with the new schedule, I was actually a lot happier with how that schedule played out yeah. for the sake of Iowa. But uh, it sounds like we're both in the same boat, though, man. Not a lot we can do at this point other than trying to keep our, you know, our listeners up to date on what is happening in the college sports world. Uh, personally, I hope 
you know, if there's any way to have football, that'd be awesome in the fall. But I honestly would hope that all conferences could come together, move to the spring, work with the NFL, figure out a action plan that works for everyone. And that way we can possibly get college football in the, in the spring and have a real college football season. But we will see. Everything seems to be changing hourly um, at this point. So. Yeah, you know, we're going to get through it. And I think uh, just coming together and having some conversations with you and everybody else on our little network here, I think that'll help us uh, kill some time, uh, maybe calm some nerves a little bit. And eventually, at some point in time, we'll have some football that we can all look forward to seeing again. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. My thanks to Andrew Wade for working with me. It's always fun getting a chance to work with some of the other hosts on our Locked On Podcast Network. Great family, and it's only growing. So definitely check out other hosts and other shows on the network. Find your favorite teams. And you know, kind of get an opposing point of view every now and then. Lots of good stuff, and I think Andrew is a perfect example of that. Does a terrific job covering the Hawkeyes. Check out the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And while you're at it, make sure you hit that subscribe button on not only Locked On Hawkeyes, but of course right here on the Locked On Nitty Lions podcast. Whatever app you're using to listen to this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And then leave a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode in particular. You can also reach out to us in a variety of ways on social media by using the username Locked On Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And of course, I'm Kevin Wire. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my coverage of college football and Penn State. And even when things are not going all that busy right now, I'm over on athlonsports.com. I always share my work with you guys on my Twitter account as well. You can also catch me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And... Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Go want to know. I'm sure we're going to have lots more conversation to be had here. And I do have some fun interviews still lined up as we continue to react to all the news regarding the Big Ten. And speaking of the Big Ten, make sure you tell your smart speaker to play the Locked On Big Ten podcast as Ben Stevens does a terrific job continuing the conversation on all things Big Ten right now, right there on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. Go want to know today. We'll talk to you again very soon. 